So when we live a life right on self-will and we're selfish and self-centered, then things don't go well. And um, we uh, are in conflict with everybody and everything. We're full of fear, we're angry. We harm people, we don't feel good. And then what fixes that is alcohol or drugs. So we don't want to live self-centered life anymore. And the first thing we have to do to follow through on the decision in step three that God's going to be my director is to look at the manifestations of my life run on self-will so I could see the truth about my life and see the truth about my actions so that I can find the things in me that are blocking me from God and ask God to remove them so I don't have to live that way anymore. So the fourth step is essential if you want to have a relationship with God, I believe. It's what the big book says, because it says the decision in step three, unless followed at once, at once, or next at once, anytime between next and once, by a vigorous house cleaning, a vigorous attempt to look at the things in you that are blocking us. And resentment is the number one offender, and we spent three weeks on that. Resentment is anger. And we saw how anger is the result of... Uh, Judgment, it's, it's wrong judgment. Uh, it says in the big book that we're, we're never allowed to be angry. Is that me? Uh, and it says we have to be free of anger. And we looked at anger, we looked at the causes of anger. Uh, when we were angry, we looked at how we're, whenever we're threatened in some way, we get angry if our self-esteem, our ambitions, our sex lives, our material lives, our personal relationships are threatened in any way, we get angry. And then we learn the prayer on page 66 and 67 to be free of, prayer, uh, free of anger. And then we looked on page 67, the second paragraph, on how we look at our mistakes and we see where we were selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, or afraid. So we've learned a lot about ourselves by doing the resentment inventory. And we've seen anger, we've learned how to remove anger and forgive. And uh, the bondage of anger, we've learned that, uh, how we caused all the resentments. And so now we're going to look at fear. And I read these pages before and, uh, last week, and I'm just going to read them. And then I didn't finish the last paragraph, and we're going to do this fear inventory, and we'll look at that. So it says, notice that the word fear is bracketed along the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer, and his wife. This short word somehow touches every aspect of my life. There was no aspect of my life before I came in here that wasn't filled with fear. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of my existence was shot through with it. So if I look at my whole life and I made a tapestry uh, of my life, a big picture, all through it is this evil and corroding thread of fear. So the tapestry could have been beautiful. I could have had a life that was a beautiful life. Instead, I had this tapestry that was eroded by my fear. It doesn't look pretty when you come in here, when you look at your life. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve, but did not I myself set the ball rolling. Sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. We're going to review our fears thoroughly. We're going to look at the instructions in this handout. Uh, we put them on paper even though we had no resentment in connection with them. When you do your resentment inventory, you'll see that every, every resentment you have is based upon fear. We asked ourselves why we had the fears. Wasn't it because self-reliance failed me? 
In other words, when I rely on myself, I'm afraid. So if you're afraid about anything, worrying about anything, bothered by anything, disturbed about anything, it's because you are relying on yourself to fix that. And you've decided what you want that to be and look like, and you're afraid it's not going to happen. Self-reliance was as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem in any other. So self-confidence, self-knowledge, uh, eating the big book, it's not going to solve the fear problem. The only thing that's going to solve the fear problem is to see that you're running the show and you have to turn that and give it to God. And we're going to look at the directions on that tonight. Has anybody had fear? Anybody think that being rid of fear would be a good idea? And so we're going to look at the way we get rid of fear. So it says, I have to live in a different way than I was living. I have the basis of trusting and relying upon God. So we trust infinite God rather than my finite self. So I trusted myself more than God. I made a mess of my life. It's full of fear and anger. We're in the world to play the role he assigns, not the role I assign for me or the role I think I should have assigned, and I, or not the role that I assign to God, but the role God assigns to me. Just to the extent that I do as I think he would have me and humbly rely on him, can I match calamity with serenity? That may be the greatest promise in the big book. So no matter what happens in your life, you can have serenity with it if you stay close to God and humbly rely on him. Now this is the paragraph I didn't read last week. Um, and so I want to leave time for some discussion. So that's why we didn't read how it works this week because we're going to go through this handout. We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. And uh, I don't, does anybody here? But a lot of people, when they come in, you'll hear somebody say, I don't like God. And then we're all worried. Oh, we talk about God too much. And oh, we upset them. Well, no, uh, this is a book about God, about our relationship with God. And, and um, if we've upset somebody, it's because it's something that they need to think about. It's an old idea they need to change. We can laugh at those who think spirituality, the way of weakness, paradoxically, is the way of strength. So there's a paradox here that when you give up on yourself and you rely on God, then you get strength. So we're told that we should be self-reliant and in, in our society, and the more we rely on self, the further we get away from God. So spirituality is the way of strength because God is the strength. And so we have to give up on ourselves. And the verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. We never apologize for God. And here's uh, some powerful three sentences. I'm going to let God demonstrate through me what he can do. We're going to be a channel of God's peace, the St. Francis prayer, right? And I ask God to remove my fear. This is the fear prayer. If you get afraid, you say this prayer. God, remove my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be. And we're going to look at what that means when we go through this handout. At once, we begin to outgrow fear. We never, we never are not, don't have fear because we always see, see things through ourselves. But then we have to stop and rely on God, and he removes the fear. Okay? So now this, this handout, see if this is helpful. I wrote this one night. I can't remember when. I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And um, it follows the, what I read, but it, it, it gives it, it combines a few different things uh, and see if it's helpful. So if you're going to do a fear inventory, one fear is a wrong. It's a wrong belief. It's not true. Fear is in the future. It's not real. 
it's not right now. When I'm afraid of something that's happening, it doesn't exist except in my mind. It's not happening right now. I'm worried about uh, some, a car payment next week. It's not right now. I'm worried about uh, the divorce. It's not happening right now. I'm worried about having enough money to go on vacation. It's not happening right now. It's in the future. And those are all things that I'm worried about that I'm not going to get. You see, you see the pattern here? And the book says fear is evil for us. It is evil. Why is it evil? It blocks me from God. And, and the whole point of AA is to have access to God's power. Because an alcoholic without access to God's power has no power to live and no power not to drink. And so the whole point of all this is to, be, to have access to God's power by letting go of the things that are blocking me. We don't get the power. We get access to it. God, God removes fear. I don't remove it. He removes it when I ask him to and I let go of it. When I cut the strings with me and my resentment, I don't hold on to it, he'll take it away. When I cut the strings on my fear, God will take it away. But if I'm holding on to it, God's not going to take it away. And it says, it's an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of my existence is shot through with it. If you look back through your life, I had fear way before I drank. It set in motions trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune, which we felt we didn't deserve. Well, what does that mean? It means that when I had fear, I wanted to fix the fear, because the fear seemed real to me. So I decided what I wanted to have. I was afraid I wouldn't get it, and then I set about to get it. And I made a lot of mistakes. I harmed a lot of people. I made a lot of bad decisions. It ought to be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. It stole my peace of mind. It stole my... my uh, my relationships uh, with my family and my kids and others, but you know, thankfully over time those have all been repaired. Why do we have fear? We are afraid we will not get what we want. Who decides what, what I want? If I do, then I decide what I want matters, then I become God running my show, and then I'm afraid I'm not going to get it. Now it could be what I want in like things, what I want relationships, but it could be more subtle. And I learned this through doing inventory. It was, I want approval. See, I'm afraid I didn't read how it works and somebody's gonna be upset, but I'm gonna get over that because I had a good motive, but I'm being silly, but I had a lot of fear of being disapproval, people not loving me. Uh, I became a people pleaser to fix that fear. It, it was, it, it was uh, through my whole life. Um, so there are a lot of fears that we don't see right away, but they dominate us. They direct my whole thinking. We're afraid they will find out what we did. Well, that's, you know, we did bad things, and, and we don't want people to find out, so we're afraid of that. We're afraid of, they'll take away something we already have. So Sandy Beach says if we all won the lottery tonight, we'd be miserable in the morning because we'd worry how much taxes we're going to pay, how we're going to invest the money, everybody's calling us up, they want a piece of it, they're giving me 100 million, now they're only going to pay me 50. <laughs> then if I pay taxes, I got 25. Damn it. Well, when we were here, we didn't have anybody. And they were angry in the morning. It's unfair, the government's taking too many taxes, then everybody I know has called me up. They want everything, a piece of that, and we'd be miserable. I, I think there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. We can, we can, uh, we can create a mess in our lives based upon our fears. 
And here's the key. Fear is a result of having an area in my life which I'm not given or not willing to give to God. Remember the third step prayer? We say, uh, we give God, i got to give you all of me to do with me as you will, right? Free me of the bondage of self. And then at the end of the prayer, there's a line in the big book that says, uh, be careful before you say this prayer that you're ready to abandon yourself thoroughly to God. So AA is for people who want to give God everything. Now, how do you know when you're not giving every year of your life? Well, you're afraid. So if I have an area in my life that I'm holding on, I'll give God alcohol, but I'm going to worry about job, then I'm going to have fear in the job. And there's this thing in AA, if you listen to some of these talks, uh, they talk about what is your, what is your agnosticism today? These are people who have done the steps, and they, 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 they'll say this, and then they, the people look at them, well, what are you talking about? Well, agnosticism is without knowledge of God. And what they're saying is, what area are you managing today? What area are you having problems in your life? Where are you disturbed? Those are the areas that you're still managing that you haven't given to God. And they produce fear. You're having problems in relationships. Spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, children, parents, at work. Uh, it, it's endless. And... and um, those are the areas you're controlling. And it says if you're controlling area of your life, you're relying on self in that area. And the book says that when I have fear when self-reliance failed me. Now, I was not a bad person when I came in here. I relied on self. I didn't know that there was any different way to live. I didn't have the program. Nobody sat down and told me when I was a little boy and I wanted approval that if I didn't try to please everybody, I could still be okay. And and what was wrong? I was relying on me to fix my life. And it says in the big book where I was trying to rest happiness and satisfaction by managing well. Did that work for, and they say that's a delusion. I had this delusion that if I could fix the world and if uh, Matt and Jimmy and Clint would do everything I'd say, I'd be happy. If I go home, my wife did everything I said, I'd be happy. If everybody in the world did everything I, I wanted, for me, I'd be happy. It was never enough. And by, and by the way, it's not going to happen. They're not going to follow the script. And so I had the wrong director. I wasn't a bad person. I had the wrong director. It was me. And I could see that. All the problems in my life I caused by me directing my life. And it's not anybody's fault but me. And I had the wrong director. I wasn't a bad person. I didn't know any better. And so we review our fears thoroughly. It says we put them on paper even if we have no resentment in connection with them. And some items in the list of resentment have fear connected with them. We put those items on the fear list. You can see a lot of fears that you didn't realize you have when you do your resentment list. You're angry at this one because you don't think they like you. So I'll say to the person, well, did they ever tell you that? No, but I don't think they like me. So I'm angry at them. And they've never even talked to you. And this is, your self-esteem is threatened by what you think people think of you, and you don't even know that they think that, and you're angry at them. Did anybody understand that I just said? Because it's, it, that's alcoholism. You know, I know. I, I'll be at the meeting, and I'll see somebody say, oh, they're not listening. They don't like me. Uh, they, don't, they think this is the worst meeting they ever lived. Well, they, they may not be thinking that. Alcoholics have this ability to know what everybody's thinking. And we also, and that, is, that isn't our greatest attribute. Our greatest attribute for an alcoholic is we know what's wrong with everybody, and we know how to fix them. And then, if, and then besides that, we know when they don't like us. And we can, we can be angry at somebody for not liking us and see what's wrong with them at the same time. 
Think about that one. So we're judging them. They're no good. And then we're afraid that they don't like us. And so it's, a, it's an evolving cycle. And, and we don't have to live like that anymore. And you can see it when you do your fears. And it says, uh, so you do column one, then column two, you list people, institution, or principles that cause you to have fear. You know, that I'm not good enough. Fear of failure. Fear that I wasn't a good son. Um, there, there, uh, uh, judgment. Um, and then there's the fears that uh, uh, people won't like me, fear I won't have any money, fear that uh, uh, this one's unhappy with me. It's, it's endless. And so, and when you do that, you've made all those things your higher power. So when you're afraid that somebody it doesn't like you and you're afraid of them, you've made them your God. And they have power over you and they haven't even said anything. And, and alcoholics do that. We don't want to do that anymore. See, when we have fear, we put something between us and God. And that thing becomes our higher power. And so uh, we don't want to do that anymore. Because when we do that, we're blocked from the power, and then we don't feel good. And it says the cause, what they're going to do to me, what they're going to take from me, how they're treating me. Um, they're not going to allow me to do things or get something I want. And then we look at what's affected. It's usually our self-esteem. It can be our security. If anybody's going to threaten my job or how much money I'm going to make, it's my decision how much money I need to make, right? And then I decide that I'm unhappy if they're going to take that away. It's my ambitions. And when they're threatened, I get afraid. It's my uh, sex relationships. I get, a th I get fear. It's my self-esteem, right? I set the ball rolling by deciding what I need in every area of my life. And then column four and five is, what did I do? Did I do anything to set the ball on rolling, set in motion the trains of circumstances that led me in a position to have fear? I'm afraid of paying my taxes. Why? Because I cheated the IRS, right? You know, I'm afraid of the police because I'm uh, speeding. <coughs> Does this make sense? So this is similar to the resentment. Inventory, and then there's a prayer for fear. God, direct my attention to what you would have me be. Please remove my fear. Now the book says we commence to outgrow fear. Now, now the book doesn't say, God, remove my fear, and what do I do? People have asked me, what's, they don't understand God's vision for them. What's God's will for them? God's will for them is in the big book isn't what you're going to do, it's how you be. And if you be a certain way, being your being, the way you are, then your actions will follow. And a state of being, and the big book says we want to be loving and tolerant. So if I'm loving and tolerant and I be loving and tolerant, I won't be angry and I won't be afraid. If I'm love, patient, kind, tolerant, kind, compassion, I won't be afraid. If I have courage and trust in God, I won't be afraid. So how should I be? And so the being leads to the doing. And so um, then I wrote this out. Is God everything or is he nothing? And next week, uh, we're going to do the second step proposition, which is another handout on fear and will help a lot. It's in the... In the Page 52 or 53, it says, 
When crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or fade, evade. Uh, we became alcoholic when we were crushed by a self-imposed crisis. I could not postpone or evade. So they say you become an alcoholic when you're crushed by your self-imposed crisis. That's that moment of complete defeat, right? Then it says we fearless have to face the proposition question, is God everything or nothing? Everybody says, well, of course God's everything. But we've never lived that way. And so all day long, I'm going to be choosing God is everything or nothing. Am I God or is God God? And remember it says we have to stop playing God. So the fear, whenever you have fear, you're back to playing God. You're choosing yourself. Now, when you did the third step, I don't know if anybody did this, but you got a contract in the mail. Did anybody get this contract? It says, God, I offer myself to you to do with me and build with me as I want. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And, and you get this contract, and it says, what is, what is my responsibilities? My responsibilities is to be loving and serving God. My responsibilities is to be kind, loving, tolerant to everybody. My responsibilities are to seek God in everything, to pray, to inventory, to meditate. Then, then God has one responsibility, worry. So if you're worrying, you're taking God's contract. Did anybody get that one? See, worry is God's. Once you give your life to God, worry is God's deal. Because if you've given your life to God, God will take care of you. You don't have to worry about that. It says if we stay close to God and perform his works well, we'll handle calamity of serenity. It says on page 63, we have a new employer, right? Being all-powerful, he will give us everything we need if we stay close to him. So AA is all about staying close to God, seeking God, accessing the power, and then you should be, have serenity all the time. Now, if you don't have serenity all the time, you're back in self. You're playing God. So when, whenever you're disturbed, people get disturbed here. Anybody get disturbed at all? If you get disturbed, you're playing God, and you stop. And now, now you don't know how to do that well until you do step four. And step four is very simple, where you look at your life playing God. You look at your resentments. You look at your fears. So when I have a fear, this is what I do. I look at what area I'm controlling in my life that has to do with that fear. And that's why I'm afraid. Why am I afraid to give that area to God? Well, he won't give me what I want. Well, then I decide that God doesn't love me, right? And God doesn't want to take care of me. Well, that's preposterous, isn't it? And so I look at God wants me to be for every fear. Is a trusting, faithful, grateful, humble, righteous, confident, compliant, tolerant, loving, how I be, courageous, compliant, patient, prayerful, submissive. I say, God, please help me. Father, I'm in trouble here. In this state, I cannot be helpful. God, please remove my anger and fear of whatever it is. God, please help me remove my anger and fear. Replace it with gratitude what I have right now. Patience that he has a plan for me. Faithful in the facts that he loves me and wants what's best for me. Trust in you that you always provide what I need if I keep close to you and perform your works well. Help me to be honest with my family. Let them know what happened today if something happened. Father, help me be a good steward of the gifts you've already given me. Amen. And then how specifically can I be? How can I be patient, trusting, loving, grateful, and a faithful steward for God right here, right now? And I do that kind of automatically. I had a God box 
I had it for years. I put a lot of stuff in it. And then I looked at it like a year or two ago, and the first few years it was the same stuff all the time. You know, it's the same stuff. And I put something in there this summer. No, maybe it was, I can't remember, December, January. And since I'm retired now, I'm on a budget. I don't know, we don't stick to it. I don't know what it is, but we're on a budget. And so I, I had to give God fear in the budget and money. And, the, and what, how did he want me to be? Well, be a good steward, you know? Don't buy a Maserati and then worry you don't have any money. You know what I'm saying? How can I be? And I, I know God will take care of me. You know how I know that? Because uh, he has for all these years. And so I didn't have to worry about that. And once I put it in the box, I told Mark about it, it just went away. We always have fears, it's normal, but we don't have to live with them. We give it back to God. And, and whenever I get afraid and I get some fear, I think back to that moment when I got in the car before I went into treatment and my life was such a mess. Look at my life today. How could I be afraid? And I, and, I, and I look at the line in the big book on page 100. It says, when we look back, the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything I could have planned. Anybody agree with that? And so it says, follow the dictates of a higher power, and I live in a new and wonderful world no matter the circumstances. So that's how I deal with it. I just, I just get back in the now. I say it's not real. It's, it's uh, a manifestation itself, and I trust God. So then, uh, this is the columns, and this is kind of the columns with Joe and Charlie, but there's a lot of ways you could do the fear inventory. You can list your fears, you can put why you have them, and why you, we're afraid to give them to God, and we're going to look at those uh, uh, next week. So, now let's look at the last paragraph and then we'll open it up on page 68. Was this helpful? It's good. Um, on page 68, this last paragraph is so powerful. And we read the paragraph before that I have to trust God. Now, why didn't I, why do I have trouble trusting and relying upon God? Why do any of us have a problem trusting around? It seems silly, doesn't it? Well, I didn't realize it till I heard the speaker and she talked about it and that I must believe at some point in my life that I wasn't worthy of God's love, so I couldn't trust him. I never realized it. And I had that handout I gave. Uh, Mark, did you have that thing? What's that? That fear thing with all the questions? Yeah, this lady, you can listen to her next day speakers. But um, she really, uh, she really changed my life. She says, um, he says, she said, my fear of not being liked is the same as my fear not being loved, and my fear not. And I always had a fear of whether people liked me, and I was became a people pleaser my whole life, even if I didn't like the person. Uh, it just became my nature. My fear of not being loved is the same as my fear of not being good enough. My fear not being good enough is the same as my fear not being worthy. My fear not being worthy is the same as my fear of being broken. My fear of being broken is the same as my fear of being nothing. My fear of being nothing is the same as my fear that I don't deserve God's love. And the biggest fear of them all is I believe I'm unworthy of God's love. I must have believed that. Now, I was raised in a religion of judgment. And so there was a book, and there was one day a year where they had the book, and he, 
if, if he wrote your name in the book, you lived. If he didn't, you were gone. And, and other people lived in religions where there was a judgment. And AA uh, has taught me that the road to God is all-inclusive, open to all men, and uh, God does not seek any hard terms for him. That's what I believe. I think that's a gift AA gave to the world. There's no barrier between me and my, my God, my conception of God. So I must have believed that I was unworthy of God's love in some way that I couldn't trust God. And it all started with my fear of not being like or not being good enough. And so if I, if I be the person God wants, I'm worthy of his love. I can trust him. And uh, God loves us and takes care of us. We're all an example of that. None of us should be alive today. We're all here. You know, we have a fatal disease. And then she says, I call my fear of being unworthy of God's love a fat day. She calls it, I'm going to say the girls are mean. My husband is a jerk. Low self-esteem, you see. And so uh, we, we transfer it in other ways. And the hardest thing about trusting God is to trust God. And somebody said that, you know, uh, when you see the guy going across Niagara Falls and he's pushing a wheelbarrow, most of us think he's going to make it, right? But you get in the wheelbarrow. See, that's real trust. And it's hard to trust. Somebody said the hardest thing about trusting God is trusting God. It's against our self-centered nature. But the more you do it, and when you see God can do for us what he could, ourselves what we could not do for ourselves, then you know it's true. And so if you do the steps, 4 through 9, you live in 10, 11, you will see God doing things for you, and you will learn true faith and knowledge of God, and you'll trust God. And so that's why it's important that people do the steps, because it's the only way to get true faith in God. Praying one isn't the same thing. AA says praying's good. It's not enough. Believing God's good. It's not enough. You have to have true knowledge of God's power in your life to have true faith. And when you have faith in God, you trust God. And then you go to God all the time. That's steps 10 and 11. And so it says, uh, somebody asked me, what's the role God assigns me? Well, what am I? I'm a man. Be the best man I can be. Be the best AA member. Be the best husband. Be the best dad. I was a physician. Be the best doctor. Be the best human being. You see, that, that's the role. Now, when I'm not happy with the role God gave me, then I, then I separate from him. Sandy Beach does a powerful uh, talk on the 10th step where he talks about uh, God made, made, has a play, and he made someone the butler. And he didn't think it was fair that he was the butler. He should be the lead man. And he didn't like that play. So he thought the whole world was watching him and seeing how unfair it was that he was the butler, not the lead man. Well, alcoholics do that. We say it's not fair. And so we, we don't like the way things are, but what's the role God assigns is how we should be, not what we have. And if I play this role, and if I do as I think you would have me, and we talked about that on Saturday, the vision of God's will in all of activities, right? It says we must carry that. I must carry this vision of God's will in all my activities. His will, not mine, be done. And it says these are the thoughts which must go with us all day. Anybody disturbed today have a vision of God's will all day in their activities? No. It was a vision of what my will should be in my activities. And then it says we never apologize for anyone for depending upon a creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. Paradox is the way of strength. So when we surrender, when we surrender ourselves, we get access to the power. So there's a paradox. When we surrender our will, 
then we have access to God's will, and then we have all the power we ever need. And so, uh, surrender to win, right, Ed? We talked about there's the four paradoxes. The verdicts of the, faith, of the ages is that faith means courage. Now, faith means knowledge of God. How do we get faith in God? We see how he could do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We see how he can remove my fear, remove my resentments, change the way I see things. And when you have true, when you have true knowledge of God, then you have faith. And then you know God's your go-to guy. Plan is not prayer B, right, Ed? And so uh, we go to God first. But it's true. And, and all men, so if you have faith, you'll have courage. And then you can trust God. If you don't have faith, you can't have courage and you can't trust God. Now, A says that the steps are where we go from the bridge. We, go, we take the bridge from reason to faith. And we step off the shore onto this bridge. And we don't know what's going to happen because we're scared. But when we get to the other side, we have faith. And that's the steps. So when you're 30 days and you're scared and you think about drinking, that's normal. Because alcoholism is when you're sober. And sober without a relationship with God and true faith, you don't have, you don't have the ability to access God's power. So that's why we have this meeting. Because if you do these steps, you'll have access to it. And then I'm just going to read one more and we'll open it up. It says, we can let him demonstrate through us what he can do. So I'm going to be the St. Francis prayer each day, I hope. Not always. I want to be a channel of God's peace. And read that prayer and see what it says. Here's my little card. I had a memory. It says, what do I want to bring? I want to bring love, forgiveness, harmony, truth, faith, hope, light, joy. I want to comfort rather than comfort it. I want to understand. I want to love than to be loved. This is how we overcome this fear of what people think of us. It's by self-forgetting that one finds, it's by forgiving that one is forgiven, it's by dying that one awakens eternal life. Amen. And I meditate on this every morning. I should have had it memorized. I, I know most of it, but it's, I know, I'm getting there. But I read this every day, because this is my vision of God's will for me. And then it says, at once, we commenced our growth fear if we ask him to remove it. And we direct our attention to what we have me be. How was how I be? I looked up be in the dictionary. And it's the state of being. It's the how you're gonna your your how you how you want your personality to look. And it says to be or not to be, that is the question, you know. And so we wanna be, not do. Now if I be loving and tolerant, I'll do good. My day will be good. And I heard one last thing that this guy said that the only thing lacking in any situation is the love I don't bring into it. So think about that if you get to stir it tomorrow. So we're going to open it up and have a few minutes if you want to talk about uh, fear. And then next week we're going to do the second step proposition and we're going to look more at uh, how we handle fear.